This is a production of KMMedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... Have you ever had a moment in time, a moment in your life that it was a defining moment for you and it changed your perspective on everything? We've got a young lady with us today who's going to be talking about that. She's a coach, a certified life coach, and a life mastery consultant. Her name is Lynn Harley, and we're going to be talking with her in just a second. But first, Eric, how are we today, sir? We are good, I assume. Uh, my half is is okay. How about the other half of we? I guess that would be you. <laughs> well, I've I had a doctor's appointment today, and I've got medication on the way that's going to make me all well and better. So excellent. Uh, and, and yes, indeed. So it's got to stay it's, healthy. Yeah. Well, it's either that at at our age, well at my age, you're <laughs> you're you're way behind me because you know I got to tell you, Lynn, he looks the same as he did 20 years ago. I don't know how the man does it, but he's he he looks really good. So he's, he's Zoom touch up. Me. That's what does it. Oh, is that what that is? <laughs> yes. No, no, no. I've seen you in person. <laughs> I know better than that. So in any anyway, thank you. Thank you, Eric. And, uh, um, no, there's not no, uh, traffic alerts or, or news or, or weather that anybody needs to be concerned about. Is there, uh, we, we did all that before we brought you on. So yeah, don't, don't sweat it. I know okay. we've got a great show ahead, so might as well maximize that time and talk to our great guest. I think that's probably a good idea. In other words, you want to shut up and want me to go away. So <laughs> I will do both of those things. Don't want you to go away. Then I'd have to fill an hour myself. <laughs> yeah, which you could do no problem because you're a professional. <laughs> so that's that's really cool, Lynn. It's welcome. It's great to have you here, and you're calling from the great uh, province of Alberta, right? Alberta, Canada. Yeah, we've got winter up here. Oh, how how much winter is winter up there? Well, actually, I have to say today it's milder, but sadly, it's quite icy outside because of that. So we've had quite a bit of snow, and now it's kind of thawing and cresting and probably freezing rain so yeah it's a little bit a little bit miserable out there for walking did you hear about the eastern united states and some parts of of all the snow they've been getting no i haven't but it doesn't surprise me there there have been some like snowstorms that are like i've never seen anything as 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 much as that the accumulations are just in some areas are just amazing so um that's just another thing of the weather's starting to get weird or so you know i let off this show with uh, talking to you to the audience about and i would like everybody who's listening to really take that to heart and to think about it because i believe that all of us have had a defining moment in our life that has taken us in a direction or in some cases a misdirection that has led us to where we are today. And uh, I would love to talk to you about that and about how we can get back on track uh, because I think I think we all we all have done that at one point or another. Um, and most of the people you work with, I'm sure, have have come to you and said, you know, it's been this and and I, you know, I had a defining moment and and I had the opportunity to do something great and I didn't take it. 
um, because I was scared or, or it was my family said no or, or things like that. Is, is that. is that been true in your practice? Um, absolutely. I think for all of us, I mean, when we're especially navigating some challenging life circumstances, you know, be it a diagnosis or change in health or the death of somebody we love or a job loss or the pandemic, you know, we're kind of, um, to me, I guess those are opportunities to lean in and really think about what we want moving forward. And so when I, um, I think about my own life, it's been, it's been those defining moments that have caused me to decide for more. And the clients that I've worked with, it's usually people who are, you know, going into retirement, not sure what's next. Um, I'm working with people who are coming out of cancer treatment. Excuse me. I've got this, excuse me, this little thing in my throat. And they're not sure, you know, how life is going to unfold moving forward. People empty nesting, their children have left home and their whole life up until then has been kind of defined about by those activities or, you know, involvement with their children. And so often it's those moments when we're kind of faced with that, well, well, now what? And and it and often it is a, a defining moment that some something that causes us to get to that point. You know, I know that you've had that in your own life. But what's it like? I've never had this conversation. Hopefully I won't. But I've never had the conversation with a doctor that's looking at you from the other side of the desk saying, well, you know, Lynn, we've got, I've got some not so great news for you, which, which was in your case, a cancer diagnosis. Yeah, it was. Now that was 20. I'm happy to say I have to think back almost 25 years ago, but um, didn't see it coming. I mean, I considered myself to be fairly healthy. And, you know, I remember that day so clearly. In fact, it was early December and I was cooking supper. The kids were like young playing in the living room. I was kind of listening to that, you know, background chatter. And then the phone rang and it was towards the end of the day. And when I picked it up, it was my doctor. Um, I was really blindsided because, first of all, your doctor doesn't usually call you in person unless he's got something important to say. And it had been sort of a routine test that had been repeated because I'd had it six months earlier but this time he said they determined that it was malignant and wow it was just um yeah surreal I have to say the first few weeks I just kind of walked around watching myself trying to digest it you know almost like an out-of-body experience and then the other thing that happened for me and it certainly isn't everybody's experience but my my life just fell apart so as I started treatment over the next number of months my marriage fell apart I was in a business partnership with my husband. So suddenly I was no longer in that partnership. I had three small boys. And so, you know, my new definition of me was here I am. I'm unemployed. I'm a cancer survivor. And I don't even know what my future is going to be like. And so my defining moment wasn't that phone call. My defining moment was um, as I was preparing my home to move in with my boys, um, I was painting in the bathroom and I was up on the toilet kind of trying to get to the top of the ceiling and I fell and I fell hard and I was alone in the house and as I lay like on the floor in a lot of pain all of a sudden I had this moment where I thought you know you've been so worried that cancer was going to take you out this fall could have taken me out easily just hitting my head the wrong way and I mean I was hurting a lot and I kind of crawled out into the bedroom and laid there for a while And that's when I thought, I've been so worried about living with cancer, and this could have done it for me. And life is finite. 
So it was a real moment of realizing none of us knows how much time we have. That's the truth. There's people that just don't wake up or they go to work and, you know, there's an accident. So, so I think it just really, um, <clears throat> it really brought home to me that this experience of life is finite. And really all we have is this moment, you know, sort of this day, how am I going to live it? And not to say we can't plan for the future, but it was just a real wake up call for me. Well, you know, my mother recently passed away. She was 90. And uh, she'd had a very full life and we're very grateful for the time she had and, and the relationships that she had with family and friends. Um, and she played, uh, she went and played bridge on Wednesday night. I talked to her, I talked to her, I talked to her on Tuesday and we, we had a set up deal where we would talk once a week and we had our conversation on Tuesday. She went to play bridge on Wednesday. She went out to dinner on Thursday came home Friday night and sometime between Friday night and Saturday morning, she passed away. Nobody had thought coming. It was, you know, when I, when I got news from my sister, it was like we were both, everybody was just stunned, but that's, that's how it works is that you don't know when, when, you know, so my sister and I joke now that there's a, um, we have our expiration date that is plant that is uh, um, tattooed to the bottom of our feet, which I can't see the bottom of my feet, but I know it's there. And so when it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And so when it does happen, you don't want to be in a position to say, oh, gee whiz, I wish I had done something else with my life that I didn't do um, and have any regrets on that last day. Um, and sometimes it takes somebody from the outside, a friend, a coach, a mentor, somebody who is, um, um, a consultant to help you deal with those things that are hard for you to deal with yourself. We don't talk about death very much in our culture, not from a standpoint of, of, um, by the way, it's going to happen to all of us. Um, you know, I, I firmly believe I was talking to somebody last week and I was like, you know, intellectually, I know that I'm going to die emotionally and personally, I don't believe that for a minute. Um, but there's going to be a day when somebody's going to, uh, um, read an obituary or it's going to be, going to be on a website and that I, that I, I left the world and uh, you know, and that happens to all of us. I just don't want there to be any regrets. And that's sometimes those can be the defining moments of your life. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, even hospice nurses, you know, nurses in palliative care, they say, you know, when people are on their deathbeds, they're not what that's what they do. They regret what they didn't do, not what they did do. So, you know, we all are given the same commodity in the sense that when you wake up and I wake up, we each all have 24 hours a day, right? Yep. And so it's really, what are we going to do with that time? And I think for me, you know, that was obviously, as I shared a number of years ago, that really set me on this path to want to lean into and I think live my best life. And then I had another defining moment five years ago, you know, again, remember that day pulling my kayak out of the water, it was just the most beautiful summer day, you know, blue skies, blue water, yellow water lilies all over. I was in my kayak. It was like my happy place. And I was thinking, what a perfect day. And as I pulled the kayak up to the shoreline, my phone rang. 
and my brother had been found dead. And this oh. was my younger brother, and he had suffered from mental health his whole life. And so this, again, was one another one of those moments where it really caused me to go in. And I think, you know, again, as I continue to, I'm going to say mature in my life, um, I'm realizing like my time, you know, I look ahead and think, okay, maybe 20, 25 years, like, let's be real. And hopefully those years will be productive. And I'll be like your mom, who is like playing cards and going out for meals the day before she decides to go to sleep and not wake up. And, uh, and I just think that, you know, I, I, I feel almost an urgency now, like I want to leave some kind of a legacy, I want to know that my life mattered for something. And, uh, and so I think that that's been really powerful for me. It is what can I do now moving forward? And the other thing that I believe strongly is there's that desire in each and every one of us to live a bigger life. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're part of nature, everything in nature, um, you know, I'm within a, I mean, within my own structures of support with mentors, you know, we were talking today and one of the universal laws is there are no failures in nature. Like nature just has this continual way of becoming. So we know that, you know, the butterfly, the, the caterpillar becomes a butterfly. The acorn becomes an oak tree. You know, that there's just this becoming and it's never static. Nature is never static. And I think that when people are feeling really stuck in their lives, that's often the cause of a great deal of unhappiness because there's just this not moving anywhere. So um, what is it that holds us back? Oh, boy. Well, I would say it's our thinking. So um, I don't know if we're going to chat a little bit about the book I, I wrote because it's got a really powerful message in it. Well, of course we are, because I want people to go out and buy the book because it can help them. And we're going to explain how it can help them right here. Yes, absolutely. So this book is actually what I coach adults through. And it's, I want to say it's the children's version, but I'm, you know, giving presentations using pages out of the book to really talk about this journey of transformation. So this is about a caterpillar who, you know, ends up, of course, being a butterfly, but he doesn't know it. So it's written from, I mean, it's written as a children's story. But the only thing that's different about this caterpillar from the rest of nature is that he can think. So again, we know that nature doesn't think there's that, you know, it doesn't think itself out of anything. So when you said what stops us, it's usually just, you know, very um, most often, I'm going to say unconscious belief systems that run the show. So in our mind, it's like this great big iceberg. We have about a third of that iceberg that there's some awareness about our thinking. And it's often, apparently we think 50 to 80,000 thoughts a day, which pretty, seems pretty crazy. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. And apparently about, about what we are aware of would fit on the top of a pin. And what we're not aware of would fit a football stadium. So we have these patterns that we've picked up, you know, by from well-meaning, sometimes parents and teachers, and some of those subliminal messages that we just kind of take on as we move forward. And we live within these comfort zones. And whenever we try to go beyond them, and so this is what my little book's about. So this caterpillar who's been on a branch eating, you know, for weeks now, which is part of the journey of the caterpillar, they eat until they just can't eat anymore. 
And then, and, and when he's on the branch eating, it's like he's looking at his conditions, what's in front of him. Oh, you know, I've been doing this for weeks now. My life is so boring. You know, I want something more. I don't want to be eating leaves anymore. And I think about people who are stuck in jobs they don't like, you know, and they're in that condition. And I don't like my job, but I'm going there. And then suddenly there's health problems because they're not happy. And, you know, there's this sort of this snowball effect. And, um, and when he finally is done eating, he hangs upside down. And it's such a beautiful metaphor. So listeners, one of the most powerful tools for transformation is to create a vision of what you would love. And so all of a sudden, this caterpillar is leaning, looking, he's looking up at the world, he's hanging upside down. And he's kind of looking at what's other, what other, what else is happening in nature. And he's seeing like, squirrels, okay, remember, this is a children's story, playing hide and seek. And there's you know, this little mama robins feeding her babies. And we'll look over there, there's a redheaded woodpecker, and there's flowers. And so he's seeing all this life and this color around him. And he and he sort of sighs and he goes, I want more for my life. And I think, you know, we go through those cycles where we look around and I felt that way coming out of the pandemic. I thought, you know, I want more for my life. I feel like I've lived a very small life for two years. And, uh, and so then he hears from this inside voice. And what I love about this book, and I don't think there's enough stories to really share this with young children is that we have that voice inside of us, that 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 still small voice we often hear called or that voice of intuition, suddenly asking this caterpillar, well, what would you love? If anything were possible, what would you dream of? And so when I work with clients, that's what we start with. And when we start to think expansively, we leave that condition-based thinking, which is based on our five senses. Well, this is what my bank account says I can do. And I think this is the hardest, um, I'm going to say, jump for people to make is to realize that we are so resourced. And I have a, I mean, I truly believe that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. But most of us only see ourselves as human beings having a human experience. Mm -hmm. Let's face it, this human life brings with it many conditions. None of us is going to get out of this, as you said, alive. None of us is going to get out of this without having lost someone we love at some point. You know, I mean, it's just part of the human experience. There is adversity in this human experience. But also, if we we know how to navigate these with the right thinking, you know, and I don't want to use words that lose people like mindset, but it really is having the, the thinking to be able to, you know, kind of walk on water instead of be pulled down by it. And it was Eleanor Roosevelt who said, all the all the water in the world can't drown me unless it gets inside of me. But I think when people live solely from conditions, they're often just feeling like they're drowning all the time, it's like they're putting out one fire after another. So this little caterpillar starts to think about what he would love. And he goes, oh. he doesn't say I want to be a butterfly. He just goes, oh, I'd love to fly. So he's looking at what he has now. And again, if you don't know what your big vision is, start with what you do know, he's tired of being on a branch. And so he says, I'd love to fly. He's tired of eating leaves. He says, I'd love to drink the nectar from flowers. You know, he's this drab little caterpillar that kind of blends in with nature. And he goes, I'd love to be so beautiful. You know, that when I fly around, people are going to point at me and they're going to, they're going to, you know, admire me. So he has this very big dream and he is feeling expansive. So I invite anyone listening to put themselves into a time when you had a really big dream. 
And he falls asleep into this vision full of wonder, just like, you know, feeling what a beautiful dream I have. And then he wakes up and he looks around and he goes, sadly, nothing's changed. <clears throat> and again, it, I mean, transformation doesn't happen usually that quickly anyways. But now, you know, in the book, it says now gone was that voice, you know, that was warm and loving and kind. And now he's hearing from the voice that goes, well, who do you think you are? Flying? Drinking nectar? Ha! And, and you know, I even think about, um, <clears throat> excuse me again, I'm getting over this little chest cough, cold. I think about if somebody landed on this earth from another planet and you showed them a caterpillar and you showed them a butterfly and you told them this caterpillar will become this butterfly, that would seem pretty audacious. And often that's what happens with us when we have a really big dream, we get all excited about it, you know, maybe all of a sudden you're at work and you're, you know, leaving, feel like you're checking your soul at the door and you start thinking about, oh, wouldn't it be great to be self-employed? And wouldn't it be great if I could set my own hours? And wouldn't it be great if I could make a living doing my artwork that I love, you know, so you have this beautiful vision and then all of a sudden you hear this voice that goes, Oh, get real. How are you? You know, and maybe that was the voice you heard when you were 10 or 11 or 12. And somebody said, you're never going to make a living as an artist. Or you have one art teacher who says, what is this? And that's enough to shut a person down, right? Oh, yes. I've, <laughs> I've been there myself. Exactly. So, so this is what, this is what stops us. And this is the work of transformation. And this is why having mentorship structures of support because it's so easy to collapse back to what we know. You know, it seems like it's easy. And I was listening to um, a motivational speaker, but it's almost harder to maintain that comfort zone than it is. You know, I think about people who say, I've just never felt like I could be my true self until. It's kind of hard to go through life not feeling really like you're authentically living your life, right? Oh, yes. Yes. And you, and you really have to, you're right. It's a mindset and you have to, and you have to change your mindset, uh, into, into what you would really like to do. As a matter of fact, I've got a story about that that I'm going to tell in a, in just a couple of moments, but go ahead, continue with what you're saying. Well, you can actually, maybe this is a good time to throw in your story because it might anchor what I said. When I was doing the radio show, um, in 2003, and there is a whole story about how I got to do, the radio show and 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 where positive talk came from and and that I've been doing it for 20 years and and stuff and it, 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 I would love to tell you that it was all puppy dog tales and 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 uh, you know uh, bubbles and stuff but it wasn't um, it, was, it had some difficult things but one of the things that I did there I was part of a group of six and we were all there was a program called Isagenics and it was a, a network marketing program. And that we all were going to be mentored by a guy who was out of Vegas and his name is Kirk. And he was a really, really, really good network marketing guy. And he took it upon himself to take the six of us under his wing and to, to, to teach us how to do network marketing and be successful, how to make the, because the products were really good and they needed to be out there, but we needed, but he, he said, this is how you're going to do this. So the six of us were sitting around and, and we're all on telephones because this is way back when, but we did telephone conference. And so he would tell us what to do and we would go out and we would try and do what he told us to do. And we all would come back and say, you know, this is really hard. 
I don't know how I can't do this. This is this is really really tough. It's you know this is my goal. This is what I want. This is what I really would. But this is just ridiculously hard. And so we spent like three weeks of, on a call every day. And he would tell us, all right, I want you to go do this. And now I want you to go do this. And this is what you're going to do. And this is how you're going to be successful. And we kept on doing that. And we kept on saying, it is really hard. I, Kirk, I don't know if I can do this. And he said, well, do you want to, you want this to be your career? Do you want it to be something that you, and I said, I'm passionate about the products. I love them. And I'm passionate about doing this, but this is hard to get off the ground. I don't know how to do, you know, and he was trying to help us. Well, one of the gals came back and we're five, there were six in the group. One of the gals, her name is Nicole. She came back. Uh, one day after about three weeks of this and she said you know I've decided this is going to be easy this is going to be fun I'm going to have a good time with it it's going to be easy and it's going to work out fabulously for me and we all said great Nicole but this is hard and we don't understand you know that's we're not doing well she is now a multi, she's in like the top 40 of earn, earners in that particular company. She's made well over a million dollars and she's done it because she took the time and made the conscious decision that it wasn't going to be hard. It wasn't going to be difficult. It was going to be easy. And the steps that she needed to take were going to be just perfectly fine and she could do it and it uh she was able to retire herself she retired her husband they're, they're now living a great life and they're continuing to do that work with that company because it's easy and and so that's what i would implore people to do is to rather than to say i want to be i want to have my own radio show Oh, but now come on, it's hard. You've got to do this. You got to learn how to do this. You got to go by the time you got to do all this other stuff. And so people will tell you, no, you can't do that. That's too hard. You can't make any money doing that. What's the matter with you? Are you crazy? You got to stop that and say, no, this is easy. And this is how I want to spend my life. And do you agree with that? Is that, is that a good story? It's a great story because it really speaks to the power of our mind and the power of our thought. I mean, there's energy in every thought we think, you know, and seriously, our thinking, which causes our feelings, is what's going to cause us to take action. And that's going to determine our results. So if you're thinking this is hard, it's never going to work, you're going to walk around pretty mopey, feeling like it's never going to work. And you're probably eventually going to just give up. And that's your result. So I think it was Ford who said, you know, if you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. It's really all up here between our ears. And that is the rigor. This is what I'm saying. You've got years. I've got years. This is one of the reasons I continue to be in a coaching um, environment in a system of support because I don't even always see the picture because I'm in the frame. I don't see often how my own thinking is tripping me up. And, but I'm getting way better at it and I'm more aware of it. And what I want to share with listeners is that voice doesn't go away. But in the book, there's the two voices. <clears throat> there's the voice that goes, well, who do you think you are? Flying and drinking nectar? Ha, ha. You know, and so this is often what we hear, either from people who care about us, who don't want us to get hurt, or even how we want to protect ourselves. 
And really, there's a word for these set of beliefs, you know, and habits. They're called paradigms, but it's like it's fighting for its life to keep you with what it knows. So it's like we're when we want to move forward, we're breaking through to something, the next level. And often because we don't know what's there, it's just so easy to collapse back to what we do know. And so, yeah, I love that story because she made a decision. I'm actually reading the book right now, The Power of Decision by Raymond Barker. And that's basically that, you know, and I just, um, I can go into a little bit about um, my biking trip that I did this summer. But if you even stop and think of the power, like I was crafting this story because I was in the speaking event this weekend about if I had not made that one single decision, I don't know if I would have ended up, if things would have turned out the way they did, because it's almost like it started this chain reaction. You know, when we make a decision for our dreams and we're really committed, we don't need to know the whole way. And I think this is another thing that trips people up. Well, I don't know how that's going to happen. They say, I don't know how to get there. But the way this universal energy works, I mean, there are laws in the universe so let's think about the Wright brothers, for example. They didn't create or discover gravity. It was always there. They understood as they failed over and over and over again, how to leverage it to get that craft off the ground. And so one of the, this is a very spiritual, it's not a religious program, the work that I'm in and that I coach, but there are universal laws. And when we understand how to work with them, it's amazing what happens. It truly is, by the way, we are talking with Lynn Harley. And if you go to her website, which is, uh, what's the website that they can find you best? Uh, Lynn, L-Y-N-N-E. So my name is with an E, Harley, H-A-R-L-E-Y.com. So LynnHarley.com. If you have questions, you can contact me through my website. I'd love to support you and talk to you more about this. And if you want to pick up the book, it's a children's book, but it's designed for everybody. It's called What If You Could? And I, I love the title of that because, you know, What If You Could? And we're going to talk more about that when we come back. We need to take a quick break. And then uh, you're listening to Positive Talk Radio right here on KKNW, 1150 AM. It, it, yeah, it's only a two-minute break, so just stay right where you are. Don't go anywhere. I promise there's going to be more. Hold on. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. Now through New Year's Eve, here's your exclusive bonus for being our appreciated listener. Type in promo code Positive Talk Radio at checkout to receive $20 off your order. Our gift to you for being here with us today. AnaturalDesign.com These days, it's difficult to be able to do it all, especially as a small business owner. Marketing your business can be really tough, especially developing a presence on social media, creating commercial content, and media production. That's where KMMedia.pro can help. You see, in addition to creating a great podcast called Positive Talk Radio, we also have a radio show, video, audio production, content creation, including commercials, video shorts and trailers, voiceovers, social media development, and so much more. It only makes sense to hire a pro to get your business noticed. That's what we do. 
please visit kmmedia.pro for more information and to schedule a consultation to take your business dream to the next level. That's kmmedia.pro. Yes, we can. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. It's Monday afternoon. It's Thanksgiving week. I hope everybody's going to have a really, really cool Thanksgiving and uh, give back to somebody else. Invite somebody who may not have the opportunity to have a Thanksgiving. Invite them over to your house if they're, they're, they're a friend of yours and you know they're going to be alone or something like along those lines. Or if nothing else, uh, you know, send them a turkey leg. Something. I don't know. Uh, but to take it, let's, let's work to take care of everybody. I got to tell you, <clears throat> Lynn, because I have a story that happened to me that li- quite literally changed my life. And I can take it from um, that moment. And it changed everything about what I was going to do, who I became, and throughout my entire life. And I believe that happens to all of us. We have the opportunity to make a decision that is based upon, okay, enough of that. So let me tell you the story. I'm 23 years old. I'm just kicking around. I'd been in restaurant management, and that didn't go very well. And I was a waiter, and I was a busboy, and all that kind of stuff. And so I was just kind of hanging out. And um, I had a friend who uh, was also working at the restaurant. He was a captain. He made table-sized Caesar salads and opened bottles of wine. And it was a fine dining place. And uh, and so we had a lot of time. Those are, those jobs are not, you know, 40 hours a week. They're like 20 hours, 25, and, and you can make a living doing them um, and stuff. So that's what we did. And then we would hang out at his house, at his, his parents' house, then a swimming pool, and we'd hang out around there. Well, sometime in early August, he said to me, you know, I think I'd like to go to Green River Community College where his father was a professor, and I would love to uh, take auto body. And, I, and he said, would you come with me? And we could take the auto body together. And I said, I hate cars. I don't want to do auto body, but I'll do it because it's you. And uh, so we, the day comes. Now, this is all the way back before computers were really prevalent in schools. Mm-hmm. And so um, we went back, to, to, we went to the school and you would line up and then they, in the cafeteria area, they had a bunch of tables where the different disciplines were, where you could either go into math or English or science or, or one of them was drama. And uh, so we get, we get there, we're standing in line and we're talking and we're having a good time and, and stuff. We get near the front of the line and he looks at me just as clear as day and says, you know, I don't think I want to do this. And I said, pardon me? He said, I don't think I want to do this. Um, I'm not, I don't want to go to school right now. And, and I said, well, okay. And he said, I'm going to go to my dad's uh, uh, classroom. Do you want to come with me? And I said, well, no, you know, and so it was that moment, Lynn, I had this decision to make. This decision was, do I go with him to the classroom, forget about school and forget about all of that stuff? And uh, or do I pursue what I ended up doing? So I said to him, I said to him, well, no, I'm going to hang out here. And, um, and, go, and so I got to the front of the line. And the first table into this into this cafeteria, and, and uh, there was a man sitting behind the table, and it was theater extempore. And I said, you know, I loved theater in, in high school. 
So, and there was nobody sitting at this table, oddly enough. <laughs> so I went and I, I, I uh, sat down with them and we talked and, and uh, I said, I'd like to learn about drama. And he said, well, then I recommend that you take uh, improvisational drama and, uh, and also um, join the theater troupe. And uh, it was, now they'd already cast for the first show of the year. And so that, that wasn't available. And I said, well, I, I would love to learn how to act, so I'll do that. He, part of the deal with being in, um, um, in improvisational drama is you learn about characters. You learn character, how to be a character, how to do stuff. Well, in the course of that, in, in learning about that, uh, I developed a character involving a, a turtle. So it was a turtle was from a turtle to a caricature to a real person as a turtle and would have those features and that sort of thing. And uh, the, so I, I did that in one of the theater classes and um, it was, it was really a well done thing. And a gal walks up to me and says, you know, the guy, his name was Punky Gibbons. He was going to be a dark, dark at the top of the, of the stairs, which was the show that we were doing that we are doing. And he dropped out. You would make a perfect Punky Gibbons. <laughs> and so she, so I got into the theater group. I got to perform in the theater and which led to three more plays that I did. And that's where I met my wife. And, and it, it completely changed the direction of my life. As a matter of fact, the last show that we did was uh, um, Taming of the Shrew, and I was the lead. I was Patricio. So apparently I had some skills doing this. And one of the, one of the characters worked at the radio station. And he said, hey, well, you want to uh, do a show like on Sunday mornings? And I said, well, sure, I'd love to do a radio show. That was the first time that I'd been on radio. And then, and then I ended up over the course of my life, that became my passion. I so, love that. I love your story. And you know, that's a really, I want to just share this again. So we talked already about the importance of coming from a vision and people often say, well, I don't, I don't even know what I really want. And I think you nailed it. And this is what happened for me when I made a decision to do this crazy cycling trip this summer is I, I heard something that absolutely lit me up. I was ignited. And so we have this incredible GPS within our bodies. And, you know, our, our thoughts and our feelings have a lot of power because they can make us well and they can also make us sick. I mean, think about people who worry they get ulcers or they lose their hair or they, you know, I mean, physical, <laughs> physical well, manifestations that come as a result of being, you know, living lives that are not fulfilling, or you feel like you're under stress all the time. So start to pay attention to what really lights you up. And it might even be, you know, I was thinking about my, my book about all of a sudden, this caterpillar, he looks out and he sees what other people are doing. And sometimes that's how it happens. So first of all, your friend led you to a, an auto shop, uh, course, which didn't do anything for you. But nope. sometimes we have to try things out and figure them out. But sometimes it might be a friend saying, oh, I just, you know, saw this movie about somebody who went on this Pacific Coast trail. And then, you know, and this is what happened for me. And I just went, I'd love to do that. Like all of a sudden, you know, a dream was born. So just again, a little bit of coaching here for people who are listening is to really in lean into what makes you come alive? 
you know, because there's, um, again, this isn't religious, but there's even a proverb that says, um, people without a vision perish. And what perishes is our aliveness. And I think it was also Thurman who said, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive and go do that because the world needs more people who've come alive. And I love that. Just think if we were all living our passion, what a different world we'd be in, right? We wouldn't have time to kill each other or do any of the things that we do that are that are negative. Um, well, we'll just be loving each other because we'll feel so good about our lives, right? It, it's just, yes. just like Positive Talk Radio. I mean, I just want to applaud you for having this forum to talk about positive things because there's an energy. I Everything in this world, I mean, quantum physics is showing us that we live in a field of energy. And so the more we put out, the vibration we put out is really what we draw back to us. So if you're always focused on everything that's going wrong in your life, what's not working, you're it's like a prayer. It's almost like you're saying to the universe, okay, this is where my attention is. So I guess I'm asking for more. So this is the rigor is starting to really watch what goes through your mind. And I just want to share something about, so this book is really about this internal, you know, dialogue between this voice that's going, well, what if you could? And the one that goes, well, who do you think you are? And I was recently talking to my son who's 34 and I love his feedback because sometimes as parents, I just want to say this to other parents, when you're living your life largely, you are a wonderful mentor for your kids. Yep. And my son said to me, you know, mom, I think one of the most important things you ever told me, and, and I'm surprised Steve, I didn't even remember it, but somewhere is that I don't have to listen to that voice. And so my book and my journey this summer was because I'm so passionate about mental health and I'm really doing this in celebration of my brother's life. But I think that when we live with mental health and wellness, we are able to um, not give credence to that voice. And I think we need to normalize this for everybody that that voice is there. It's going to always be yakking at you. Mm -hmm. So I don't, you know, I'm going to say I've been in this work for a long time and I'm really aware of it, but it's not stopping it. So, nope, nope. so that's, so just know that, know that it's going to be there. It's going to be a player, but when you really can tap into your vision and keep your focus on that, it's kind of like you're saying, okay, fear, I know you're there, but get in the back seat because I'm driving the car here. Exactly. Tell us about the bicycle trip. Well, I had this desire for more life. And so this one seemingly small decision to join a cycling event led me to meet this woman who had done long distance touring. You know, and even when I put myself out there, I was new to the community before the pandemic. I signed up. I had to RSVP on Meetup. And there was still that thought about, oh, do I really want to go? I'm not going to know anybody. I don't know where it is. And then I went, no, you RSVP'd show up. And then I go there and I meet somebody I'd never met in my life. And she's, she's cycled with all her panniers across Canada. And I was like, Oh my God, the more she shared her stories and her adventure, I was coming alive. And I knew that feeling like, I mean, I paid attention to it. So I get in my car to drive home and I was, this was May 1st. And I was thinking, Oh my God, I'd love to do that. And then I hear all the reasons why it's so impractical. Lynn, you've got no experience. You've never been on a bike more than 25 kilometers, let alone getting it on a second day in a row. You've got no equipment. You've got no touring bike. You've got no destination. And then, you know, fear just screamed, get real in. You know, you're 66 years old. How far do you think you're going to go? So this was what was going on inside of me. 
But again, this vision, so I heard that voice, but I put myself back in, like I saw images of me pedaling and, you know, listening to this woman's stories, like, what if that could happen for me? And again, I just felt this coming alive. And then my voice, my kind voice went, Lynn, you've only got one life to live. Decide for your dream. Do it afraid. So I think that that's something that I want to really, you know, um, anchor for people is that if you're moving out to something new, you're going to hear from that voice that wants to stop you. And that's the voice of fear. And so just acknowledge what that means is you are on your green growing edge. So you almost celebrate, oh, there you are, fear. I must be getting ready to grow. So there's a reframe. Just like your friend said, it can be easy, right? I can do this. Instead of saying, oh, my God, I've got so much anxiety about this and how's it ever going to work? You can celebrate and say, you know, I don't even need to know the way. And this is another thing I share with people is if you're driving in the dark from one city to the next, you only need to see as far as your headlights take you. And when you get to the next point, you're going to know exactly where to go, right? And this is what happens. Just like you shared, there was a snowball effect when you made a decision to follow your passion that led to, you know, the acting classes, that led to meeting your partner, that led to meeting you, getting on the talk show. And it's just continued. And I think that if we could understand when we're living our best life and we're living in the energy, again, think about the positive energy of waking up and going, I love, I love going to positive talk radio. You know, I get to meet amazing people. I get to share positive vibrations all around the world that you're bringing more of that back to you. You're drawing, you're inviting that back to you. Yeah, I just have to tell you, it is, it is amazing that since I've been doing this show that, that I've had the opportunity to meet some absolutely incredible human beings and, and to really enjoy the, the coming out of what they're talking about and then meeting people like you which is really a lot of fun. How long, now, how far did you bicycle? And you had gone 25 kilometers before. How far, I heard that you did a whole bunch more than that. Well, actually, I set out on the 19th of June, exactly five years from the day I got my news regarding my brother. So this really did become a celebration of his life. And I made a decision for my book. I was prepared to self-publish. And then I set off on this loaded bike and I want everybody who's listening to know I was terrified. I actually had myself plugged into some mantras, some music so that I could like kind of block out the semi trucks that were blasting by me and stuff. But I'm happy to say that two months and 1780 kilometers later, I reached my destination, which was to drive into Quebec in Canada, I went through four provinces and I actually ended my ride on Parliament Hill, which would be like, I guess, the White House. We call it Parliament Hill in Canada and Ottawa. And, uh, and you know, I just want to say, too, when you, you talked about things being hard, I can just attest that everything you want is on the other side of fear. And fear is really up here. It's a construct in our minds of all the reasons why it can't work. And so, you know, I look back and I think, you know, this became um, an opportunity to fundraise for mental youth mental health. There's a beautiful website, even though it's in Canada, the website has resources that support anybody in the world. I just want to share this, especially before we end. Uh, they're called Jack.org. So Jack is actually the son of a couple who committed suicide in his first year at university. And his parents said they had no idea that he struggled. And so they made it their mission. They took something 
challenging and they pulled a gift out of it in for the world. And so they have um, an online course that's there for anybody. It's free, it's self-paced, and it's called Be There. And I know that the holiday season is not hallmark Christmas cards for everybody. It's often a time when people feel isolated or lonely or not in good mental health. So this is an opportunity, this free tool to even do an assessment on yourself if you're struggling and know that you're maybe this is, yes, I need to reach out and try to get some support from me. Or if you're supporting someone you love and you know they're struggling, this resource will support you as to how to be there for them so that you can support them to get help. It's not about doing the intervention yourself, but sometimes people don't really know what to say, you know, or and, and people are afraid to talk about it because they don't want somebody just to say, oh, get over it or, you know, you know some of those platitudes that we offer. I wanted to share that as a resource as we're getting into, well, Thanksgiving for you in the States, which I know is a big holiday, but this Christmas season, sometimes January, February can be a really tough time for people. Those are the months with the highest suicide rates. So my book in this ride really has become um, just the opportunity to really be this passionate advocate to change things. Right now, one in 25, one in four deaths with our young people are caused by suicide. And I think that's unsettling. You know, something has to change here and we need to really um I provide that support for people. What is the name of that website again? It's Jack. So the name Jack, J-A-C-K dot org. That's really simple. Go to Jack dot org. I also wanted to make sure that because you're right, the holiday season is a very difficult time for a lot of people. If you are struggling and you're in the United States, you can call. They've made it simple. Nine, eight, eight. That is a crisis hotline, and that will get you somebody that can help you. So 988, it's real simple, or go to jack.org, and you can and you can work through that, that whole situation because we all need each other. We all need to take care of each other, and we need each other because we're social animals, and we're designed, you know, we all, none of this is perfect. We all want to do the best we can for each other, or we should want to do the best we can for each other. You know, you're a remarkable lady. You know that? Thank you. Well, I think I'm doing what I love for sure. I absolutely believe in what I'm doing. I This book, I just want to say, was a download. And, you know, again, pay attention to what comes up in your mind. There's an author that I love, Price Pritchard, and he says, you know, possibilities are abundant and they live everywhere. They live in the quiet of your desperate longings and in the desire of the dreams you carry in your heart. And he said, what if they're not just ideas, but divine inspirations searching for some mortal soul you to give them a fighting chance to be realized? And I think that's what that book was for me. There was some talk about, you know, um, who am I to do this? But I really believe that we are messengers in this world and we can share our light with other people. You I, have the, we all have the ability. You absolutely. Yeah. You as, as a human being have got the ability to be able to do anything in your life that you wish to do. And I will tell you from my personal experience, and it's long, 
long, long, long. And it's, but it's, I can go from point to point to point and I can prove that that's the way it is. And the universe will support you and it will back you. And you can call them God, you can call them spirit, you can call them the universe, I don't care. Uh, but it will support you in everything that you're trying to do as long as you don't do one thing. You know what that thing is, Lynn? Think never, yourself out of it. <laughs> never quit. Actually, can I share one? I hope I got time because this is such a powerful quote. And again, it, it you just, do, you do, you do. Okay, it builds on what you said. And this is Robert Collier, who's another favorite author of mine. And again, what you just said, we are so more resourced than we know. There's a power that's breathing each of us. Think about it. We don't breathe ourselves. And we have to understand that we're more resourced than we know and loved more than we can imagine. And he writes, you know, again, this idea of nature, he says, if the principle that is life, so this energy in the universe is so strong that in the tiniest of an animal, it can develop a shell or a poison to meet a need, can teach a bird to circle and dart and balance and fly. And this blows me away. It can actually grow a new limb on a spider to replace the lost one. How much more can it do for you? Same thing with an octopus. If they can lose it, they can lose an arm and it'll grow back. Um, that power will, you know, this is the thing. If it will do that for a spider, and here we are, this, you know, animated human being with spirit and soul, you know, that same power is there for us. And this is what we have to lean into. And if you believe that you are good enough, and that you deserve the best that the universe can provide for you. It is amazing. I'm telling you, I have it on personal authority. It'll just show up. And uh, Lynn, I, I want to thank you so much for being here. By the way, again, uh, go to get the book, uh, What If You Could? Yeah, and reach out at my website. I'm also a public speaker. If you anywhere in the world, it can happen. So you can go to my uh, website to um, bring me in to be a keynote at any event. I would love to share my story with others. And your website again is? www.lynn, L-Y-N-N-E, Harley, like the motorcycle, H-A-R-L-E-Y.com. It's a pleasure. It's been um my ultimate pleasure to have you here and we're going to have you on the show again it's it's mm -hmm. it's great fun and we didn't we didn't allow time for uh um calls but if uh and next time we'll we'll do that if you want to give us a call we'll you'll be able to talk to you about what lynn does and but i tell you that bike ride you must have been just exhausted and thrilled when you were done with it i was empowered and i felt so alive yeah it was an amazing experience and i'll tell you it wasn't without its trials i had a biking accident i survived a tornado I had some dogs run out at me on the highway but i was so supported i met the most amazing people that i've just got like this whole plethora of wonderful friends now strangers at one time this summer who now just invited me to their homes they fed me they yeah, patched me up after my biking accident. Uh, yeah. You, you almost got chased down by a tornado. Oh, I was in a very bad. I'll have to send you some pictures. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, good. <laughs> it's it's kind of like, kind of like uh, the, the witch in the Wizard of Oz. Anyway, so I'm um, trying to get away from the tornado. But thank you so much for being here. It is 
my pleasure to have you here. And we're going to have you on again, if that's all right with you. It's been my absolute pleasure to be here. And I uh, just love what you're doing in the world, Kevin. So kudos to you. And, you know, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And know that gratitude is one of the most expansive feelings you can live in. So just dig down. We can always find something to be grateful for, no matter what's going on in our lives. That's a great way to end it. By the way, everybody, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back Wednesday at 4. Be kind to one another because you know what? Each other's all we've got. Mm -hmm. See you Wednesday.